Hello everyone, I'm Steve Wiss here, joined as ever by Jonathan for Dugba for the Nordic Football Podcast. How's tricks this week, John? Hi Steve and hi everybody. Thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. We are back now, third week running. This is a, some sort of record going on here. We're ending the season with a bang. And how could we stay away when it's such an exciting battle in Sweden? The season ends this week and I am actually super, super excited. How are you, Steve? I'm all right. I'm well rested. I've been on holiday, actually. Um, I was in Wales for a few days last week, enjoying the sunshine there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by the last few rounds here in uh, Sweden and Norway. I mean, Sunday is the place to be in Scandinavia, isn't it? Um, some absolutely pivotal matches in, uh, in, in lots of different leagues up there. And uh, we start with, with the Alsvenskan. And somehow, I, mean, I can't believe that the title race is still going on um, with one match remaining. I think most presumed at this stage, AIK would have, would have sealed the title, but somehow they failed to do that, John. How has it come to this? Yeah, Steve, it's, it's unbelievable. I've been really excited to talk about this all week, to be honest. Um, the the storyline, the, the, the drama. So, yeah, it's come to this. Two points now, last game of the season, 29 games played, one to go, 64 points for AIK. 62 points, no shopping, two points difference, one game, three points available. AIK will travel to Kalmar with one point pretty much sealing the title. And But they know that any slip-ups are defeat. And no shopping will have the opportunity to sneak in there and take the title from their hands, steal it from their clutches. Now, there's been a lot of talk in Sweden at the moment about, you know, AIK, have they bottled it? I mean, you'll remember last weekend, we talked about it on the last pod, they had a massive chance at home uh, to win the title uh, in front of their home fans, a record crowd, the highest ever crowd, 50,000 fans, the most they've ever sold for a game, AIK. All they needed was a win against Gifsundsvall, and they flopped, nil-nil draw. And in the meantime, no shopping with a last-minute winner against Zordibro, having me one-nil down, uh, came back to win 3-2 in the last minute, Daniel Sjorland. A beautiful goal from Mobile Carson, and the title race is back on. And yes, um, Norshopping have to beat, obviously, uh, Hacken away in their last game. But if they do that and AIK lose, it's Norshopping's title. Well, I, I've been following the, the the last few rounds in this league because it has been close and exciting. And I, I wouldn't say, from my perspective, that AIK have bottled it. I mean, they got that last-minute goal against Malmo. They beat Ostersunds away from home and they were down to 10 men quite early in that match, I do believe, John. And, you know, for me, that showed quite a lot of bottle in itself. I think in the match against Sundsvall, they they didn't know whether to stick or twist, you know, because ultimately a point is not the worst outcome. They, they knew if they got a point, then they just need a draw at Kalmar to, to seal the title. So I didn't think they, would, they looked at times desperate enough to win the game. They still should have won the game. They were the better team. And they were, if that bloke hadn't hit the crossbar in the injury time, they'd be they'd be sealing the title by now. I actually think we have to give great credit to Norshipping for these four wins in a row, and you know they they just will not give up. Um, that last minute winner against Urubro, I saw that, and and they really looked pumped up for it. I think um, they've kept going. Whether or not they believe they can win the title, I don't know because I think they just wanted to make sure they sealed second place. But I think credit to them, and the, it comes down to these fixtures: Kalmar, Ark. Hacken Norshipping, where's your money? 
Well, I'm not going to predict this one. It's going to be fantastic. That's all I know. Uh, it's going to be a real, really interesting games. You know, in both cities, Calmar fans are looking to spoil the spoil the party for ARK. And, and speaking of parties, uh, ARK have already announced they're having a title celebration on the um, on the on the Sunday. Uh, they're having a massive party, and uh, they're invited already. They started selling tickets as of Friday. Is that a bit of complacency? You know, they've announced they've already you know got the party lined up. Is that just standard procedure? Or is that a little bit of complacency? Will will North Shopping, will Kalmar use that a little bit as a sort of mind game to to point out to the fact that ARK are maybe taking it for granted? Um, you do make a good point there about North Shopping. They've been fantastic in, in what they've done. Um, they've actually won four in a row now in the last four games, four straight wins. But when you talk about ARK maybe not bottling it, but I'd point you to a statistic, Steve. They've scored four goals in their last five games. That's four draws out of five now. Um, obviously, they'd only, you know, lost one game all season. They've been good, but as I say, they're four draws out of five. They could have had this wrapped up weeks ago. Um, they scored four goals at Dalcard alone in September, and now they've only managed four goals in five games. So it's going to go to the wire. Another problem to consider for for AIK Steve is the fact that they've got some serious injury problems. Uh, Stefan Silva is, is the latest one who's who's gone down with an injury. And they've got a lot of suspensions. Uh, Kofi Adu suspended now due to the Gibsonsville game. He got another uh, another warning. Christopher Olsen will miss that game as well. A key player. These are two key players for them, Steve. Um, Seb Larson has an injury. Paniotis Dimitriadis has an injury. Tarek El Yunusi has an injury. Oscar Lina has an injury. I mean, they'll all be absolutely raring to play in this game. But, you know, they're a bit of a wounded animal at the moment, AOK, and they're just crawling to that finish line can they do it can they win the last time the first title since 2009 it's going to be a fantastic one and i can tell you that for sure all they need all they need to do and let's be honest what's built their success this year and last year to a degree is this defense that fantastic defense all they need to do is keep a clean sheet against kalmar now bear in mind only two teams have scored less goals than kalmar all season um so it's quite simple really they just need to keep a clean sheet Will they bottle it? I don't know. Then they've also got a backup here, Hacken against uh, Norshipping. I mean, Hacken are no mugs, are they? I mean, let's just talk about briefly Kalmar and Hacken, their motivation levels for this game. Do you see them, either of them, putting up much of a fight? It's a good question. And uh, of course, we talk about um, motivation a lot, don't we, when we talk about football? Uh, it has such a big impact on, on, um, on football matches, really, in general. When teams have nothing to play for, generally, they. You know, there's a questionable mentality there in terms of do they really care? Uh, we've studied that before, haven't we, Steve? Um, but yeah, neither of them really, to be frank, has much to play for. But I'll be honest with you, I think Kalmar wanting to put one over AIK will be a big storyline. Uh, Hacken obviously are a good team. You know, they are fourth in the, uh, fifth in the table. Sorry, they can finish fourth, uh, which would be a fantastic achievement. They've got the leading goal scorer in the team in the league, Paulinho, who's now uh, broken the all-time record. Uh, for Hacken is now the all-time top goal scorer, which is another another big achievement. He's been nominated once again for the Player of the Month. Uh, so you know they have firepower in their ranks, but this is a North Shopping side who are no mugs. Uh, they've scored in every single away game they've played this season. They aren't going to be messed around, as we saw in that game last week. They were one nil down, came back. Uh, Mobile Carson, as I mentioned, there two goals, and one of them was a real cracker. And they, they deserve a real lot of credit. Jens Gustafsson, I have to say, the former AIK assistant manager, is he going to put one over his former club? Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, and I think both teams will have some level of motivation. But the 
biggest thing to really bear in mind, I think, really, let's be honest, AIK have lost one game in 29. Um, they only need a point. And Kalmar are not the best of teams, really. Let's be honest. They're mid-table, lower mid-table. That could be the deciding factor. Really. If you swap the games around and it was Hakan AIK and Kalmar Norshopping, that might make it even spicier. But is it just maybe the fact that AIK will just have enough to get that draw that they need and take it on goal difference, potentially? That's the question. Well, interesting. Hakan have actually not lost a single home match this season. They've won 10, drawn four. So there's absolutely no guarantee Norshopping will win. I've just got a feeling... Look, and the, what I'm concerned about with AIK is this title should be over in their mind. For it to get to this late, any, anything can happen in sport, can't it? Like, you know, all it would take, say they did get an early red card this week, they really are going to start shitting themselves. Anything can happen. I, I don't know whether you have a good feeling about this as a twist in the tail or not, but uh, that's my concern. I mean, from from your personal point of view, who would you prefer to win the title? I'll be honest, I don't really have any preferences. I think over the season, as I said, you know, AOK have lost one game. You'd be hard-pressed to say a team that loses one out of 29, maybe 30 matches, doesn't deserve to win the title. And at times, they have been scintillating in their football. But I really have been impressed with no shopping in recent weeks. Don't forget, they were written off. This was supposed to be Hammerby. They were supposed to be the number one dog. Then it was supposed to be sort of maybe the rise of Malmo or Ostersunds, Eurogarden. We've talked about every team pretty much this season, except no shopping. And there they are. They haven't won the league since 2015, but they, you know, they they have a recent history, obviously, of winning the title. Can they make it the 13th league title this weekend with a win? Um, they're in the form, like I say. If you look at their last, recent games, they scored three against Zorodabro. Uh, they got a one at Bromopoikana, four-two against Ostersunds. They're banging goals in. They're playing fluid, nice football. And don't forget, I just wanted to point something out as well, Steve. Before we move on, I watched the Champions League game earlier in the week, uh, the CSK in Moscow against Roma, and. It, 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 you know, it, it, it sort of uh, struck a, uh, struck in my mind the fact that Arna Sigurdsson was one of their best players earlier in the season. Um, no shopping. They've lost a massive player. He was sold for f- roughly €4 million Euros to CSK Moscow. Now, he played really, really well against Roma and showed his quality. So when you lose a player of that calibre, you know, he, he really impressed and stood up uh, and, and, and it shows you his level. So when, you know, they've, already, they've lost big players as well and they've still come back to, to potentially win this title. So I think they deserve real praise in our shopping. And, um, you know, I do like it sometimes when an underdog sneaks in there, but I, I think it would be harsh to say that AIK don't deserve it. Let's put it this way, Steve, 30 games in the season, whoever has the most points deserves it, in my opinion. Mm. That will be the final say. And who, whoever, whoever has holds their nerve on Sunday will deserve it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 I think AIK draw and I think uh, hack and win. That's the way I see it going. Um, this... Uh, Sunday myself. I can win. Yeah, I think it'll get to a stage where, say, it's a draw with 10 minutes to go, nor should bring a desperate end to end game. And I think could see Hacken nicking it, you know. If I had to make a prediction, since you've put me on the line, I would say no shopping will get a win in Hacken. But I think ARK will will see off uh, Kalmar. I think they'll do enough. I can't see them losing when it's this important. I could see a draw and a, and a win, goal difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think there'll be some nervous. I think there. I, I don't see AIK going there and netting two or three by half time. I think it'll be. I think there'll be tension. There'll be nerves and excitement throughout the day. But ultimately, if AIK, AIK should get the business done, if they don't, then God help them. But uh, <laughs> you know, the, you know, there definitely will be a champion crowned in Sweden by the end of Sunday. It could be the same in in Norway as well, John. 
Definitely, yes. And uh, how's things been going in Norway? I mean, obviously, we talked recently about Brand Rosenborg uh, as the two contenders. They had that game. I now see there's a five-point gap with two games remaining, Steve. So um, is it pretty much Rosenborg, you know, going to run away with it now? Or what are your, what's your outlook on it now? Yeah, well, because of their superior goal difference, I think they've got a uh, plus 26 as opposed to plus 25 um, for against Brand. Then they just need a point, Rosenborg, now. Um, it could come this weekend against Start Away or Buda Glimt home in the last round. But uh, a victory this weekend would definitely confirm them the title mathematically. A draw will probably be enough. And of course, if um, if Brand were to lose against Christiansen, then it would be confirmed as well. There's absolutely no guarantee that Brand will win that match. But it's uh, yeah, it's all but in the bag now for Rosenborg. Uh, I think it's probably a more important game for Start actually. Um, we'll talk about that a bit later, but um, it looks like it's uh, it's all over. Yes, and I see there just to sort of uh, slightly create this, Steve. I think it's plus fifteen for Brown actually, so it does look like they're well ahead. Uh, if I'm right in saying that, um, but, but Rosenborg they haven't actually lost a game at home for quite some time, have they? Uh, since the Brown game in May, uh, you'd think that obviously yeah. we'll start away would a glimpse at home. It looks unlikely, doesn't it? That anything. Major's going to happen there. Although I heard that Nicholas Bender's in a bit of trouble legally. Yeah, well, he's uh, looks like he's going to do some time for uh, an incident which happened in Copenhagen, I do believe, where he uh, something to do with the taxi driver. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think he's appealing um, what would would be a one month jail sentence. Um, so I mean, look, the the way these things usually. Players usually find a loophole somewhere, get themselves out of doing jail time, don't they? But, um, yeah, obviously not a great incident for Bentner at all. Um, if anyone, uh, if I had to predict anyone in foot, world football to punch a taxi driver, for some reason, Nicholas Bentner always seems to be the one who, I mean, I don't know, what is it, the meter? Is, is, he, is he an Uber fan or something like that? I'm, I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem to like taxi driver. It's the sort of name that would be linked with something sort of like that. And... Uh, you know, my how the mighty have fallen from Lord to uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's not what you want, really, is it? No, of course not. No, and uh, I'm trying to think of cab related sort of uh, clubs he could join in, in future. I mean, just staying at the top of the table in, in, in Norway, and there is also a battle for second and third place. Um, I have to say, at this point in time, Mott Brand are gonna have to win the last two games for me to, to seal second because Molder. Um, will probably win there. So, although Mulder are playing Horgerson, it's third against fourth. So if Horgerson were to win that game, then they would still technically have a chance of a medal as well. So uh, it's, um, you know, that's an interesting fixture to keep an eye on. If Every fixture is going to matter at the weekend in Norway, but uh, I think it's the same sort of battle in Sweden as well, isn't there? We've got a, a third place battle developing between Hammerby and Malmo. And I mean, from my, from a neutral perspective, from my point of view, I think Hammerby. It'd be nice to see them get third. They've been they've been up there for most of the season, haven't they? Yeah, Hammerby have sort of fallen away, really, and it's a bit of a shame, I think, for them and their fans. I mean, the biggest thing for them this last past weekend actually was their saying goodbye to uh, Kennedy Baxter-Sogler, who leaves the club as an absolute legend. He's had two spells there. Obviously, was part of their title-winning uh, side several years ago now. I think it goes back to 1999, roughly. Um, but, yeah, he's leaving the club, obviously, at about 38. I think, for, I, can't, I can't remember how old he is now, but he's approaching 40. 
Um, they had a massive TIFO in the stadium, a massive sign in one stand saying Kennedy and a massive sort of a banner of him. Uh, he was close to tears when he had it with his bold head and his beard. He's, he's a, you know, he's a bit of a legend in Swedish football, to be honest. And it'll be sad to see him leave Allsvenskan, uh, along with Tobias Hussein, who's leaving AFK Jotterburg. Um, but yeah, that was really all they had to talk about um, this weekend, when really they, they should have been talking probably about you know a title challenge. They've just fallen away now. They're seven points off it. It's not going to happen for them. Um, they've got Ostersons away. And I think, to be honest, it'll be a bit, a bit of a shame for them if they didn't cling on to that European spot, given their early season form. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, their mid-season uh, sort of September form really was what killed it. And they won't be winning the title. Um, I actually fancy Malmo, I've got to say. I think Ostersons have a few players who'll be off uh, maybe in, in in the summer or, well, in the winter. Um, so there might be a few players there willing to say their goodbyes. And I just feel that with Malmo unbeaten in their last 10 home games, um, Elfsborg haven't really done much this season for me. I think that's a no-brainer banker win. The question is, obviously, can Ahamaby uh, pick up the result they need to, to well, secure it's not going to be... I mean, the thing is, Ostersons, since Ian Burchell took over, it seems either win or lose a match. Uh, they've had, a, they've had a, a long winning runs and they've had long lose, losing runs as well. But I think motivation, I mean, knowing him and, and Sean Constable there, motivation, they're going to keep the troops motivated, aren't they? They won't be a pushover for Hammerby, you wouldn't think. Whereas Malmo, well, they, they think they're one to five favourites at the weekend for a reason. Elfsborg just lost to um, to Bromma Poikana, for crying out loud. So... You would Hammerby have really got to turn up and perform. Yeah, well, I was actually really impressed with Malmo at EF Core the other day. EF Core started well, but um, lost three nil. And the thing with Malmo, they've just got that intensity. They've got that ability, the know-how. They know how to get results, uh, and they, they ran out with a pretty comfortable three nil win in the end. Although uh, some fans were a bit frustrated with some refereeing decisions in that game, but Romain Gaul is an absolute flames at the moment. Uh, he scored a belter of a goal from about twenty-five yards, just curled it top corner. Uh, when players like that are playing the way they are, then you know I just think that the, they they have a, too much for Elfsborg. Elfsborg I haven't rated at all all season. I think them and EFK Jotterborg have been perhaps the most disappointing teams of the whole year. Elfsvenskan uh, uh, this year they've done really nothing. They've just loitered around eleventh pretty much. Uh, Ostersunds, we'll see. I mean, we we could talk about Ostersunds another time. I think they've. They're going to have an interesting uh, winter, I think. There's going to be some turnover there. They've got a new director of football uh, who's actually an Englishman. Uh, he used to be at Spurs. And there's been rumours they want Ravel Morrison, who used to be a Manchester United Academy graduate. I think there'll be some interesting recruitment there in, in the winter. But um, for now, they're going to, they're looking at a sort of sixth-place finish, really. There, there's not much room they can move. They can't go up. They can't really go down uh, with a point gap over Uruguay. So... Hammerby should pick up that European spot, but at the same time, Malmö will definitely win, and it's just a case of can Hammerby maybe grab a point. Yeah, let's um, talk about uh, promotion and relegation now. It's good at the Super Etten, a league we don't often talk about, uh, but there have been two confirmed promotion uh, promoted teams already, John. Yes, uh, there is Helsingborg and Falkenberg, so the return of the Bergs. Uh, Helsingborg, a well-supported side. Obviously, the last time we saw them, their fans were invading the pitch uh, some two years ago and uh, actually trying to strip uh, uh, Henrik Larsson's son of his shirt at the time. I remember that quite vividly. Um, really harrowing scenes after they got relegated. 
Um, yes, but they they'll be back. Uh, I saw them in the Super Etten a few times. Big club, aren't they? Big club in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them in the Super Etten a few times, and they still brought a fair amount of fans. Uh, they make a bit of a noise. There will be a welcome addition. Trelleborg are gone, obviously, so they'll be their replacement. Um, and yeah, Falkenberg as well. And uh, AFC Oscars students still have a, a little chance of maybe making a comeback, don't they, Steve? Yeah, uh, Falkenberg in second. AFC Oscars Skuna confirmed as the third place team. And uh, it looks like Urgerite, I think they're a team from the Gothenburg, I do believe, John. They have been making a good late run, but uh, they can only finish as high as fourth. So. Yeah, I mean that's promotion. Uh, in terms of relegation, there was there was a big result, weren't there, last weekend? Brummapoy can have just dug one out of their ass there from nowhere, uh, beating Elfsborg away from home. Um, absolutely priceless victory for them, which puts them in the driving seat at the bottom of the table. Indeed, you hit the nail on the head there, uh, Brummapoyko. They are not dead yet. Uh, they were actually one 0 down from a Chinadu Abasi penalty. But uh, Helkvist and Finn Bogerson, who's done not much this season, but he came up with a winner uh, late on in the last 15, 16 minutes, has given them a real lifeline. They are now, uh, as you say, in the driving seat. They will play Trelleborg at home. So you'd look at that and think they, they you know, they couldn't ask for a, they couldn't ask for a better fixture, really, could they? Uh, the worst team in the league in front of their home fans. Big game that will be. And if they win that, then they they will secure that, uh, you know, playoff. They'll fancy. Uh, it's a it was a hammer blow for Dalkurd really because obviously they now are in the automatic relegation place and they will have a game away to give Sundsvall where Linus Hellenius has just been nominated for player of the month they'll have to go there and actually get a win realistically to um, to even get the relegation plus so it's really really tough looking for Dalkurd now and unfortunately it looks like they may well end up going down but uh, looking at Norway, there's some interesting things going on as well this weekend, isn't there, in the second division? Um, how is things looking there? Are, are we going to see anyone returning? I've been interested in Viking, obviously, since we had Ian Birchon on the show when he used to be manager there. It's a, it's a two, two from three are going to be automatically promoted on Sunday. I think it's uh, midday UK time. These matches kick off in the Obos League again. I don't follow this league, I'll be brutally honest with you. But uh, Viking, Mjöndal and Arlsund... Uh, in the top three. It's in Viking and Mjöndalen's hands. If they win their two games, then they will get promoted. But Arlsund are waiting in the wings for any slip-up from from those two teams. I mean, looking at the actual fixtures, it looks like Mjöndalen have the easier game. They're facing a side that's already relegated called Fleuro. Um, but, you know, anything can happen now, can't it? But the interesting thing is, and I saw a tweet from from an uh, expert there, Ben Wells from Football Radar, who obviously used to cover this league um, in great detail. And this was just a couple of weeks ago. He said that it looks like that all of the, any of these teams that are coming up um, may well be whipping boys in the Elititarian next season uh, without, um, you know, strengthening the squad. So it doesn't look like it's been a vintage year in the Obos League. And I mean, Viking have lost nine matches. Nine matches. I mean, they could win this league. How on earth the hell do you win a league by losing nine matches? I mean, in, in 30 games. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? So, yeah, it, it doesn't look to me like the, the quality and standards is that, is that great. Um, so you'd imagine the team that finishes third bottom of the Elite Assyrian will quite fancy winning the playoff game, whoever they end up coming up against. I mean, there's you could potentially fa- face sides who, I mean, Kongsvinia, for example, they could end up in the playoffs. They've lost 11 matches. Um, so, 
yeah, it doesn't look like the quality is great, but two. You touched on, you touched on a point there as well uh, in terms of the quality of it. I mean, I remember at the start of the season, we, we kind of wrote off Ranheim, didn't we? But looking at them, they, they're actually sixth. And I wanted to ask you very quickly about Ranheim. Uh, what have you made with them this season? I mean, I noticed they've got a minus five goal difference. But uh, for them to be sixth is well beyond their expectations, wasn't it? And I remember at one point they were even second or third. Um, what's been your impression of Ranheim as a team who've come up? And um, what does it say about teams coming up in general? Or do you expect them to have a second season syndrome next year? I think the expectation is that they are going to have a bad second season because if you look at all the stats experts and expected goals models and things like that, you know, they would they would deserve to be third bottom of the table, John. But I mean, the way I see it, they've come up and they, they had a great promotion bounce. They caught people out in the first half of the season with their with with their style. Um, they had a great home record, a difficult place to play an artificial surface, which is, is awkward to, to face on a few teams just didn't fancy it. They haven't been as good in the second half of the year, expectedly. Um, I don't feel they've been fluke, that fluky. I mean, yeah, sixth place is probably a bit too much from what they deserve. But I've seen them playing some very worth, worth, worthwhile and deserved victories. So I think they give a lot of hope to, to teams. I mean, what it's an incredible miracle what they've done from just obtaining promotion to surviving. You would fully expect them to regress next year, but you never know, do you? They, they do give hope to anyone. Um, you know, they were written off by absolutely from every quarter. So mm. it, it, does, it does give hope for these teams coming up from the Obosl again. And the, the three, two of those three teams, Viking, Mjöndal and Arsland, and say it was Songdal as well in the playoff mixture. I mean, all those four teams have been in the elite area in the last five years. So these aren't small teams that would come up. Yeah, and just looking at the relegation battle in, in Norway, I mean, Lillestrøm haven't really done much. They've, they've not won in the last four. They've got Strumkusser away and Christians in at home their last two games. We have not talked about them too much on the pod this season. Do you think they are just dead set for that relegation playoff or do you think they're going to do anything in particular? And how do you compare them? If you were comparing them to Starbeck, who is actually the better team in your opinion? Well, I think the, the Starbeck lost against Christiansen last weekend, and that was a bitter blow. It was the sort of game where you would expect Starbeck to win, facing a team that's unmotivated, nothing to play for. I mean, they lost it, and it may well be the pivotal blow. I'm not writing off Starbeck yet because they've been actually been playing some decent football. I don't think there's much between Starbeck or Lillestrøm or Start or Buda Glimp, for that matter. There's not a lot in it, but it does look like Starbeck are in trouble. Uh, Sanderfield, they're still alive somehow, John, By mathematically anyway. They're not dead yet. They're, they're playing better football than anyone down the bottom at the moment. So, look, with some big fixtures coming up, and um, I mean, the biggest is Strom's God set against Lillestrom. And you've got to, I mean, look, let's just see. Any, who knows what's going to happen now? I, I think Strom's God set will probably win the game, but you, you never know. It's um, there's, there's still a lot of teams in the mixer down there for, for the various positions. But we are getting into must-win territory for certain sides now. And um, certainly for Starbeck's point of view, they, they desperately need to beat up this weekend. Yeah, and just looking at Sandefjord there, they've obviously had a change of management. Uh, I think it's Marty Cifuentes, isn't it? The Spanish coach there. They've right. one game in eight, uh, which is really quite good for a team that's rock bottom of the league. I mean, they were conceding sort of uh, 2.43 goals per match away from home, which was massive leaking goals. But of late, they've, they've tidied that up a little bit. Haven't managed to pick up any clean sheets, but um, you know they still sort of they've tightened up, haven't they, Stephen? Do you give them any hope of getting out of it? 
Well, they're not absolutely dead. I mean, look, they've got a minus 20 goal difference. Starbeck are minus 16, Lillestrom are minus 12. They've got to hope that Lillestrom lose both their games. Starbeck were to pick up less than four points. And obviously, Sanderfield themselves have got to win two and probably win them with at least a plus five, six goal difference combined with other teams. They're not out of it yet, Sanderfield. They've got Sarpsburg this weekend. And Sarpsburg are coming into the game on the back of a Europa League game. They could win that. Um, I think if this season was 32, 33 games long, Sanderfield would, would have a chance of getting at least into third bottom. They, they, they've played some good stuff. I think like one or two defeats in the last 12 games, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, he's done a very good job, uh, this new manager there. And uh, they, they certainly end the season as one of the more, more informed teams. Um, it, it, the rest of them, no one's safe. Buda Glimt, Strum's good. So Starter got Rosenborg this weekend. And my gut feeling is that Starbeck are probably, probably are going to get relegated now. And I, I think it probably will stay the way it is, but uh but there's so much that can happen that it's going to be twists and turns. All these matches kick off at the same time on uh, on Sunday at five o'clock UK time, and uh, I think there'll be a lot of toing and throwing and the drama. Yeah, and don't forget, obviously, um, to send us any questions you have, and, and and obviously you can follow us on Facebook as well, Nordic Football Podcast. Uh, we will be having another podcast next week, I believe. We're going to be looking at the, how this outcome goes, and we'll, we'll be taking your questions. I think. Next week, we'll be looking at, obviously, an overview of Sweden uh, with the season over. So if you do have any questions for us there in terms of, you know, anything you want to know about the league and the, the season just gone, uh, it's going to be a cracking end to the season, isn't it, Steve? I can't wait for it. Uh, I just want to ask you very quickly before we go, what has been, let's say, maybe one of your highlights of the season so far in Norway? You know, is there any players that you've enjoyed most watching or if you had to pick up maybe a, a highlight for you? <laughs> A lot of players I love watching in this league have been injured or moved away. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, highlights. I mean, in terms of teams, I think there's been, I say Ranheim mentioned earlier, they've been, they've done shockingly well. It always sticks out to me how poor Strum's goods have been in the league. I mean, it's incredible to say that they could, they could still get relegated. They're in the Cup, Norwegian Cup final against um, Rosenborg, but they could still get relegated. I mean, <laughs> It's just one of those. It's not been a great vintage year in Norway, John. Really, Rosenborg have yeah they're going to probably win the league, but it's not been that great. Brand have given it a go, but you feel like frustration with both Brand and Molder. This was a great chance to 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 beat Rosenborg to a title this year, but they both had too many flat periods. Um, yeah, I must say, I think that Brand game uh, that we covered a few weeks ago on the podcast, and don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and listen back if you want to other previous editions. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed with Brand in that game. I really felt they showed a bit of naivety and it was a shame, wasn't it, really? Because at one point it looked like a really mm. uh, well-set-up title race. But, um, yeah. It is a shame that it's developed like this. And, you know, I don't think it's been a great year in terms of goals. There's not been that many memorable matches either. Um, I, mean, I sound quite negative here, don't I? I don't want to sound negative. But uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's finish on a positive because... You do a bit, but moving moving on to um, something a bit more positive, maybe for for Norwegian football, and that's uh, the Europa League. Where yeah, yeah, this is the game tonight, wasn't there, Steve? Yeah, I watched this one. Um, Sarpsborg, Malmo against Sarpsborg, and it was a it was a tight game, really, uh, one all draw again. Not much between either team, and what a really interesting group that he, all four teams in that group could still qualify. 
Um, I mean, I think I said in the last podcast that Malmo Sarpsborg really had one of them had to win this game if they want to qualify. But I think I've been proved wrong a bit because the, the other match ended a draw and it's still wide open. Um, there's still plenty of points to be won, and um, but it's good to see both teams being competitive in the in this Europa League um, group. They're lucky that they're not facing any juggernauts like Rudenborg are, but. Um, you know, it's all to play for. And I, I think both teams have given each other a bit too much respect at times in these 2 one all draws. Malmo have been below par. I've not really thought Malmo have been that great in either game. I expected more from them. Sarpsborg have been fantastic in this group stage. I mean, they're the absolute minnows. And to, to just the amount of points they've got already is fantastic achievement. It would be, hell, it'd be sort of just like Osterson's last season. If they qualified for the last... 16 it would be a very similar story to that one yeah and just looking at that actually the second in the group uh, at the moment just two points behind Genk and level with Malmo and remaining games obviously their next game is at home to Besiktas which is going to be a serious one isn't it that one uh, and Malmo of course played Genk at home uh, before Salzburg travelled to Genk and Malmo travelled to Besiktas so yeah, we talked a little bit about Europa League on, on the last podcast, which you can, of course, listen to on iTunes, Acast, anywhere else. Um, do you still see, do you see, do you see Sartsburg getting out of it very quickly before we go? I don't know, because Besiktas just keep being well below par in this group. They, all right, they nearly beat Genk, but I looked at the stats of that game and Genk, Genk were all over them. Um, but then there's been bizarre results like Genk lost in Sarpsborg. So... I don't think you can rule anything out in this group. Um, I've got a feeling that Sartsborg could qualify, you know, and have a, like a fairy tale. I mean, wouldn't it be brilliant if they qualified and got a really, really big team, just like Ossersons did last season? Uh, with, what a great adventure. It's, it's a great advocate for it, you know, uh, for Sartsborg. And I think they'll really come on from this adventure if they recruit well in the off-season. Yeah, they're going to finish mid-table now. They, they've got a great setup there on and off the field. They could be a dark horse next season to challenge at the top of the table. Yeah, <clears throat> fantastic stuff, uh, Steve. Yeah, and I think before we go, um, I just wanted to talk about the very interesting comments from uh, Kalmar's coach who said, it's an incredibly strong no shopping, uh, but perhaps he would like to be a bigger human being, but it would be nice for us to get a little bit of revenge and beat AIK. So uh, obviously they've had a bit of a history there, AIK and Kalmar, and it seems like they are pumped for the game. So... Listen, it's going to be a really interesting one, that, and I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you again, Steve. Uh, it's been a really interesting pod again. Um, guys, if you have any questions for us, of course, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at NordicFootPod or Facebook Nordic Football Podcast. Um, do Ready AI have Sorry? Ready for a big Sunday. Indeed, indeed. The question is, as Reestrom has said, are AIK full of their own demons or are they going to be able to see off the job and win their first title for a decade? We'll find out in the next few days and obviously we'll be talking about it next week. Can't wait. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye. Goodbye everyone.